Welcome to this episode of the Palmetto Guardian, where today we'll be talking about public affairs and the state partnership program. Welcome to this episode of the Palmetto Guardian. I'm Specialist David Erskine. And I'm Captain Jessica Donnelly. Yes, um, Specialist Baker's not here with us this week. Um, so I'm filling in. Yeah, so Captain Donnelly, we, we went all the way to the top. We didn't even stop. We went straight <laughs> for the public affairs officer herself to come in and, and, and sit in. We said we have to have the top talent, and so we went and got it. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, it, it's a cool opportunity since Captain Donnelly is stopping by with us today that we can talk about public affairs. Um, and myself and, and special speaker did talk public affairs a little bit. Mm -hmm. You talked, guys did a great job. We talked more of a technical side mm -hmm. of it. You know, we talked about how technology has changed our career field and, and kind of what we do. But with you here, we can kind of talk about public affairs from an organizational standpoint. Right. Because the big thing I want to make sure that people understand is that we aren't just here to just take photos of ceremonies or to take video of ceremonies or even just do the podcast, which has been a great resource for, for everyone. But we're, we're here to actually showcase your unit's mission and to be able to tell the story of the entire South Carolina National Guard, soldiers and airmen, all the way down to that level. It, we're not just here to showcase that top level. And so, you know, the big thing is, is that, and our biggest struggle is making sure that people know who we are and where we are and how to contact us. Um, so that we can cover those stories prior to the event. Prior to the event. Yep. Don't call us 15 minutes into the event. event. No, it's please don't. It's for us to get there. Yep. Uh, I, another thing um, that kind of goes along with the public affairs and, and kind of from the, I guess, from the big organizational part of it, and you kind of mentioned it, but I always thought it was kind of a big deal from my perspective mm -hmm. was the fact that telling the story. Yes. Uh, and telling our story and how make it sound like this but sometimes I mean we're there to kind of tell the story to help because sometimes the story other people tell isn't always great about us. Mm -hmm. and the thing is is our, our airmen our soldiers are doing great things they are and actually a great resource that you guys have started um, for the state of South Carolina for South Carolina National Guard is the know your mill and that's a great way to tell that individual level of what the soldiers and airmen are doing because too often we look at you as just a number whenever you're in the organization because as a whole we are this strong force but we want to make sure that the public knows who we are and who the people are that make up the South Carolina National Guard as a whole. Now another big part of public affairs deals with is uh, the natural disasters. Yes we, we, we are out there too. And. And, and we've learned, we've, mm -hmm. we've, we've learned over the years that not having public affairs, mm -hmm. you don't think about it. Right. When a hurricane's coming, you don't when think, it's happening. Hey, we need public right. affairs. Half the state's about to get lifted off the planet. Right. But the citizens see that too. And their question is, and this is the question you never want to hear is, where is the National Guard? And so even if they aren't seeing them directly in their communities, we need to be able to answer that question. And we use public affairs in that sense because we have the specialist Erskins of the, and you know, everyone else in the 108th Public Affairs Detachment. And they're actually going down and they're embedding with those lead task force. And they're embedding with those soldiers and airmen who are responding 
responding to those natural disasters, and they are showcasing what we're doing in the communities. So it's this amazing opportunity, but it gives us a chance to message what we do as the National Guard whenever the governor does activate us. And you mentioned the 108 path, and uh, I think people don't always realize that we have that, right? That we have that, that resource. And then really what makes up public affairs around the state, the fact mm -hmm. we have uh, public affairs people in place at the MSCs, mm -hmm. we have the 108 pad, which very fluid. Yes, they move all around. They're actually our field asset for the state. And so they will actually, they can move around to any unit within the state and provide that that coverage. And, and not only in those natural disasters, but any kind of relevant training, fielding of new equipment, uh, anything that showcases our force as that ready, responsible, resilient, relevant, any of that kind of stuff, that's what we're here to help do because we want to be able to message what we do as an entire organization. Yeah, and and that's 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 huge. That's huge. If people don't know, that's that's mm -hmm. huge. I mean, um, you're talking about this is something every Fortune 500 company and everything else is. So mm -hmm. what they have when you when you hear we're not exactly PR, um, um, but that the, those people out in the civilian world that are PR and, and public information officers mm -hmm. or whatever else that's that's kind of what we do. PR tends to spend we're, we're more newsy mm -hmm. than, than that, but that's what we're here for we're, we're part of the 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 network i guess for, mm -hmm. for telling the story um good and bad good and bad mm -hmm. um I, I i i don't i can't remember if it's actually in the reg but i remember reading something one time about public affairs and it talked about public affairs controls the flow of information internal and external mm -hmm. per commander's policy right so command information is a big one and these podcasts are a great way to get out that command information and right. have a, a wider reach shameless plug all right podcast. exactly um, but uh, yeah command you know people think oh you know public affairs doing this and this we're doing what we're doing because the leadership wants us to yes they want us to um the other thing is, is I think people don't uh, necessarily realize about public affairs is how much we're actually all over the place. Yes. I mean, we're talk about it a little bit. In fact, you know, we could be in the field. We'd be, you know. Yeah, actually. Um, so right now we have someone at Fort Stewart who is embedding with the the infantry and aviation to be able to provide coverage because that's a great opportunity. You have that those dual uh, units working together. So we have someone there who's providing coverage for that. But also we just had someone who just returned from Columbia. And they had embedded with the infantry there as part of the state partnership program and provided coverage in Colombia. So, yeah, I mean, we're, we're wherever we are. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds a little dumb. We're, we're, but when we're where you are. Right. When I say we are, I'm talking about the South Carolina National Guard. Mm -hmm. We go, uh, we put ourselves in the same conditions and environment. We're in the field. We're doing that right alongside the soldiers and airmen that are responding to those missions, too. Yeah. Speaking of airmen, we haven't even uh, mentioned our, our, our counterparts in blue, mm -hmm. but the, the 169th Fighter Wing has their, their public affairs office ran by uh, Senior Master Sergeant Snyder and mm -hmm. his group that's been out there. And another thing that people might not realize about public affairs is we are massively joint. Yes, we work together all the time, Air and Army. So even though we're both wearing this uniform, we actually work hand in hand with the South Carolina Air National Guard as well. And another thing that people don't realize too is we also deploy. 
public affairs deploys overseas and embeds with these units as well. And because just because you're only in South Carolina National Guard, that's not the only time we want to tell your story. We want to be able to tell the federal story as well. Right. And uh, so and, and the unique thing about that with public affairs is, you know, if you're part of an infantry unit, mm -hmm. you're part of an infantry unit. That's, mm -hmm. that's who you were. That's your pace. If you're part of an aviation unit, you're part of an aviation unit. And, and so when you deploy, you deploy at that pace of aviation or engineering or whatever mm -hmm. else. But for public affairs, when we deploy in those situations, we're getting pulled out of this. And we're not only are we doing our job when we go, but we're right. also learning your tempo, your pace, right. at your systems and how you do things so that we can interact. And you've, you've actually had to do that over... Yep. And, and with that, though, too, is that that's why we have priorities of coverage. And those are the kind of things that we're trying to looking for, is that we want to make sure that we're showcasing the most relevant stuff, like the actual stuff that shows the unit's mission, and make sure that that's what we're providing coverage for. Too often, we just get called in at the last minute to cover a ceremony. And that's not what we're here for. We're really here to showcase what we do, as a, a both in the state and for the nation whenever we are federalized. And so we're not just here to cover retirements and awards ceremony and anything like that. We're, we're really here to showcase a relevant force. Now, I'll, I'll say this because I've been, I guess I've been lucky enough in my public affairs career that uh, my leadership has allowed me some latitude on like projects and things mm -hmm. that I work on. Um, and we call them the hula video, you know, mm -hmm. the best warrior type stuff. And those aren't always necessarily a priority right because they're not necessarily news but I've, I've been they're lucky. still important I've mm -hmm. been lucky enough that you know that's been allowed by leadership and stuff to let me do it but for me the main reason I, I like doing them is for the morale part. yes soldiers love to see it soldiers and airmen love to see when their career field is showcased like that and show then they can show that to their friends and their family because again public affairs, we want to make sure that people outside of the South Carolina National Guard actually know what we do. And so that gives them the opportunity to showcase, this is what I do on drill weekends. Isn't this cool? Right. And that's a big part. And you mentioned that is, you know, you always hear or you hear sometimes about units where people are a little downtrodden and, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're whatever. I mean, it happens. That's part of life. That's right. not just military. That's civilian sector. It you, is. Mm -hmm. You go down to McDonald's right now and you can talk to five out of the 10 staff that's working right now. And at least four of them are going to be like, yeah, I'm not really feeling it today. Right. But taking this opportunity to have public affairs come out for these trainings, mm -hmm. the relevant training events and stuff like that, uh, gives, like I said, gives the soldiers something to take home or airmen mm -hmm. uh, and show their family. Yep. And it lets them become proud of their job mm -hmm. because not everybody comes from a military family, especially Bessel's Baker is a prime example. She's made right. note several times. She's not from a military family. Right. So her family doesn't necessarily know or has what seen she does. Her, mm -hmm. Right. And so when she has these videos and stuff that we create, she mm -hmm. gets to take it back and says, look, check this out. And now all of a sudden her family starts understanding. Mm -hmm. And this is for any soldier or airman. The family starts understanding. Hey, and that's very what, important. What my, and it helps them get behind their soldier mm -hmm. because, you know, we've all heard it. We've all heard it. You don't do nothing because sit on your rear end at drill weekend. No. We're busy on drill weekend. Mm -hmm. and, and the I, support and of the family is important because right, of that reason. Right. Because mm -hmm. it makes going to drill easy. It does. It, it does. You, when your family says, I got it, I understand, you're doing this, you're training, you're learning, and we're talking about all of airmen and, and, and soldiers at this point in time, not just public affairs. Mm -hmm. 
they they can get behind you and say, hey, I, I got this. Mm-hmm. Or I understand, you know, a, a grandparent might understand, hey, I know I have to help out with the kids this weekend. Mm-hmm. And you create this little community around yourself. Right. And it makes your job better and easier. As well as for the employers, too. for Because so many of our soldiers and airmen also are have civilian jobs. And so if that's something that we can show to civilian employers, too, it gives them a better understanding whenever we have three-day drills or have your annual training where you're leaving for two weeks out of the year, but also whenever you respond to natural disasters. So if we have this message and can showcase what you're doing during drill, these civilian employers have a better understanding and understand why you have to go and do that. And then there's just the cool factor of it. Yeah, I mean, that's true, too. You might be jerking a cord on a pallet. Right. And Monday through Friday, you know, you might be a secretary Mm -hmm. or whatever, and you're like, hey, boss. Look, check this out. Look you're, what I do. You ever pull a cord on a pallet? Right. No. Right. I'm taking the rest of the afternoon. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, you know, that that's what it's about. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it is. It's about the pride, and it's about telling that, that story and, and, and getting everybody involved. Mm-hmm. Everybody involved. Everybody, yes. Everybody. Not just the military part. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just the civilian employer part, but mm-hmm. it's everybody, your family, the civilians, mm-hmm. the general public in South Carolina and nationwide folks, mm-hmm. nationwide. Mm-hmm. South Carolina is a very watched state. We uh, are. If nothing else for the, the amount of natural disasters we've had. Yes, we're a very unique state in that we can have hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, ice storms, wildfires. So we're very active. Right. And we're we're looked at as a key player in that mm-hmm. realm. Yes. And, and not to toot our own horn, but... <laughs> Um, public affairs does an extremely good job mm-hmm. at, at getting this information out and, and letting people know. Mm-hmm. Um, give them a brief, just 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 for fun. Give them a brief how I guess our discommission, our, our natural disaster mm-hmm. stuff works from a public affairs standpoint, how it's an all-hands-on-deck type situation. Yes, and it's actually very important. And so we have two missions whenever it comes to DISCA for public affairs, and that is actually working hand-in-hand with the TAG and the TAG staff and making sure that they're informed and that they have the information that they need for the sake of understanding what our troops are doing, what they're seeing, but also what the public perception is. So we have people who are kind of working at that level, um, at that TAG level, to be able to communicate with him and make sure that he understands what what resources he has for public affairs because then the other side of it is that we have the actual field portion and so that's really where the 108th public affairs detachment comes in because they will embed with that lead task force um, you know back in 2015 2016 uh, all those years when uh, we were responding along the coast the 108th pad embedded with that task force with the 218th um, Maneuver Enhancement Brigade, and we were right there with them. And so we would actually sit in their meetings and find out what missions they were running on and then send out our soldiers to be actually in bed with those ones who are responding to the missions. So we actually have those two roles. Not only are we in the jock working with that level, but we're also in the field. And we can be all over the state, too. Um, We'll send out two-man teams or two-person teams, and they'll go out and provide the coverage for whatever is going on yeah and uh and, and we do when you say all over the state i mean we we, we have teams everywhere from greenville all the way down to beaufort mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and in between and, and wherever and, we're needed and running and going um talking about uh 
No, I had thought, and, and there it went. Boom. <laughs> well, I can actually put something else in there, too, okay, because yeah, another ahead. great piece of it is civilian media. And so that's actually a key point, especially with DISCA and when we're responding, because we want to – it is very beneficial to have partnerships with civilian media. Too often, people get scared of the civilian media, but they're here to help tell our story. So we have our role that we can tell our story, but then we're kind of limited to our reach, just based on who's looking for information on the South Carolina National Guard. But civilian media, if they come and tell our story, the reach grows exponentially. And so that's why we want to make sure that people understand it is a good thing to work with civilian media. Now, you mentioned civilian media and working with them. You know, average soldier, airman included with that. I got, I got to, I got to work on that. I just need to say guards. Uh, right, guard something. members. Mm -hmm. It doesn't flow. No. It doesn't flow. I'm gonna say soldiers and airmen. <laughs> After I had this small discussion on air, I decided soldiers <laughs> and airmen is the way I'm staying. With you. Um, but you know, a lot of times they don't know how to to interact mm -hmm. with media. That's a great point. And then the question is, is who really is media in this? day and age of pop a cell phone out you got bloggers and, and and we do have some stuff in place to help with that correct we do we do we're actually developing and trying to update our resources on that typically for uh disco response we do have media cards that will explain some ground rules um, but we're going to update some videos too so then that way we can have the best tools to provide to the field and be like this is what you do if the media rolls up on you but the biggest thing to remember is it, it is a good thing and just stay in your lane. So just like we're talking about public affairs and see how comfortable we are talking about public affairs, but if I started talking about something that I know nothing about, that's where you start getting tripped up about. Yeah, let's do nuclear physics. Yeah, no. And so okay, you see, if, if we just talk about public affairs, that's where we're most comfortable. And so if the civilian media comes and wants to talk to you, as long as you stay in your lane and say, you know what, this is what we're doing and this is what we do, there's nothing wrong with that. And so that's the biggest thing, uh, biggest takeaway. Take Be professional and stay in your lane. There you go. Too easy. Mm -hmm. That sounds like just standard military protocol. Right, stuff. right. Isn't that usually what we're told? Just stay in your lane. Just stay in your lane. Mm -hmm. Be where you're supposed to be in the uniform you're supposed to be right. at the time you're supposed but to be. But another thing is, is that, and you know, again, when we push out that other video, we'll talk more on it, but you can also say no. If you're really not comfortable, say, you know, I'm not comfortable with doing an interview, but let me see if I can get you someone in my leadership who would be willing to. Right. And then once again, that's where public affairs can help also. You can also contact us. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of our thing. It is. It is. We don't mind talking to the media. They usually just don't want to talk to us because, again, they want to talk to you all in the field who are doing those jobs and, you know, have those, those great missions and great mission sets. So they want to talk to you. Um, I'm going to talk about one of the benefits of uh, public affairs that people might not realize, people who aren't in the public affairs field, is – I've been fortunate with, with this career field is you get to meet all kinds of people, mm -hmm. all kinds of people. And, and, and I'm not knocking anybody that, you know, just goes to regular drill and stuff like that. Cause you know, I've done that side too. And that's awesome. Cause you get this nice tight knit family at, your, at your, at your unit level, but I've got to see all your families mm -hmm. is what it kind of boils down to. Right. Um, and it's, it's fun to move in, in between all these people and you see all the different 
personalities mm-hmm. and, uh, and all the different units and how they do stuff and you get this unit pride and you get a little trash talk sometime between one unit and the next. Right. It's, all, it's all friendly, but you get to see it and it, it really is awesome and, and I've appreciated that opportunity in, in public affairs to, I guess, to be able to experience that. Mm-hmm. Um, for anybody who wants to experience that, there are opportunities. In public Another shameless plug. We are. <laughs> Another shameless plug. This is our recruiting message. Yes, right. We are always looking for people who are motivated, who want to take photos, who want to take video. Who um, want to be on podcasts. Who want to be on podcasts. Yes, we are always looking for people who are motivated to kind of look at that. And you don't even have to have a background in it because we can help train you. So if you are interested in public affairs, uh, you can always reach out to us. A good way to reach out to us is we have a Gmail, um, a general Gmail account. So S-C-N-G-P-A-O at gmail.com. And that way it will come to us. It's a group one. And uh, we can be able to field any of your questions that you might have about public affairs. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to take one more shameless plug because you mentioned us being able to train or, or get you spun up. But the talent set that we have in public affairs right now is astronomical. It's amazing. I mean, it really is. Mm-hmm. Um, we have excellent photographers. Um, we have one decent videographer, um, uh, specialist baker. Um, <laughs> but we do. And, and, and the thing is, is everybody's kind of, we're, we're multifaceted and we all mm-hmm. do. And that's one thing about our group. We all do a little bit of everything. We yes. do photo, we do video, yes. we do this. But we really do have some people that are just above and beyond specialists in, in their area. Very much so. Um, Sergeant First Class, uh, Cash and NCOIC and mm-hmm. And Subject I, matter expert right there. And I was I was a soldier underneath his. Um, and, it, you know, he's a good photographer, good videographer, mm-hmm. amazing announcer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's another skill. Yes. And, and people mm-hmm. don't think about that. Nope. This is, this is not something that comes naturally. Not for me. They didn't think I was going to make it through school. Um, <laughs> <laughs> here you are. Here I am. Nine, ten, whatever years, ten, ten years later. Um, but you got people like, like him and you got mm-hmm. people like, you got your, your, Sergeant DeJovenes and mm-hmm. your Lieutenant Atriagos and uh, your, your Calhouns and your Yaros and, and all these folks out mm-hmm. there that have been doing this for years mm-hmm. and they're good. Mm-hmm. They're good. Um, and it's, it's a great opportunity. If you are interested, there there is a wealth of knowledge. Right now. Yep. If, if you want to learn, um, there's all kinds of stuff available. And our leadership is really good because they will let us I mean, you're our leadership. <laughs> you're part of it. Right. I, I talk about her like she's not, not here. Our yeah, leadership right. is not here at this moment. Um, like, y'all let us innovate mm-hmm. as soldiers yes. and stuff. I mean, I, y'all have let me take all kinds of chances. It's a great way to grow. And mm-hmm. some of them have failed horribly and some of them have done all right. Uh, some have been super successful. Some have done all right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's that that's a nice part of this. It's important. This mm-hmm. career field and, and whatnot and going from there. So... For you, everybody has their thing in public affairs that they, I guess, they like mm-hmm. above, you know, we all have the same thing, any job, you know. Mm-hmm. So, kind of a little personal insight, let's play get to know. Oh, goodness, okay. Get to know. Um, what's the one thing in public affairs that just kind of really gets you all jazzed up? Well, you know what, honestly, you kind of touched on it before, is that we get to see a little bit of everything. 
And that's really been the best part because I've primarily been public affairs almost my, my whole career. Um, I started in the Air National Guard. I switched over to the. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, I switched over to the Maryland Army National Guard. I did a tour at NGB. Um, I came down to South Carolina, and within that, I've done a couple things outside. I've been an, a battalion S1. I've been an OCS instructor, but primarily public affairs. And with that career field, I've been able to embed with so many different units and meet so many different people and just see what we do. And so often if you are just one MOS or AFSC, that's what you do. And you may not see other things, but we get to see a little bit of everything and experience a little bit of everything and learn about a little bit of everything. Uh, and so I think that's the best part about it. And that's been the best part for my entire career. Yeah. Um, on that, and she talked about learning a little bit of everything. Quick thanks to all the units that I've ever gone out with mm -hmm. that let me play with their toys. Right, exactly. See, yes, that's a great point. I've gotten to sit on the back of a Chinook. Mm -hmm. I've, uh, I've had Blackhawk pilots scare the mess out of me. Uh -huh. um, I've been down with the, the pals. Was just I, I, could, I could list off right. all, all day long, but all of them have been awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, you get to touch, you get to play. Exactly. You get to learn. It's wonderful. Yeah. Um, and that's our job. That's, that's our, our job. job. We get paid to do this. Right, exactly. So, I mean, it's it's wonderful. I, I really don't have a complaint in the world about that. Um, so, speaking of, we kind of mentioned it earlier, uh, the being in Columbia. Mm-hmm. So, yep. South America, not South Carolina. Right, right. Columbia with an extra O. Uh-huh. With, with the O and not the U. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing that, we, you know, we, we don't know a lot about, about, but we just learned some stuff about. Is the SPP, or State Partnership Program. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we do. We have a, um, a, a special guest that's going to join us mm -hmm. and uh, talk to us a little bit more about that program and, and what's all involved. Yep. All right. Welcome, uh, Brigadier General Brad Owens, Director of the Joint Staff of the South Carolina National Guard. Here with us today to talk about SPP, the State Partnership Program. You've been involved with it for a while now, to say the least. Um, could you tell us tell us a little bit about the program for the folks that might not know anything about it? Yes, yeah, sure. So the, the the State Partnership Program's been in existence for 26, 27 years now. Uh, we've got uh, Total Guard Nation has has over 70. Um, uh, country partner teams relationships uh, and it's just a, 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 a it's a, our way of uh, a building capability capacity with our our uh, our allies and our partners uh, around the world um, the the benefit to the to the to the state partnership program is is the National Guard's able to uh, provide an enduring, long-lasting effect, long-lasting relationship. And, and it's been successful because we, especially with the South Carolina National Guard in our country of Columbia, uh, which we've been with them since 2012, uh, uh, what, what it's proven is, is, is that uh, we can gain considerable credibility uh, with our partner nation uh, because of our persistent presence, uh, the continuity that our, our engagements provides uh, with, the, with the, uh, the Columbia military, uh, the diversity that we have in our ranks, uh, 
um, including our female population and, and uh, our values-based military, the professionalism that our soldiers bring to bear and, and, and uh, certainly is, is what's made it a complete success. And sir, you mentioned about the engagements that we've had with our partner nation. Can you talk a little bit about what some of the engagements have entailed? I can. Uh, I want to first say, though, that that uh, that we are fully bested with uh, Southcom and Army South. I mean, Admiral Fowler uh, has a vision for the the Southern Hemisphere, um, and Columbia plays a, a, a strategic role in that. Uh, first off, of course, we have to support the national military strategy through our security cooperation. Uh, it's a very highly competitive environment, in, uh, in, in especially what's happening with Venezuela, the Cuban influence, uh, the China influence, the Russian and Iran influence uh, is, is ever-present, and they're outspending us in the region. Uh, and so uh, security cooperation really in the SPP program throughout the region, not just Colombia, but throughout the region, uh, is a key enabler to, uh, to get after, um, you know, being the, the, the nation of choice to some of these countries. Uh, so there's a, there's a Colombian country plan. Uh, our lines of effort fit into that plan. Uh, and we just facilitate the transition of the Colombian military in this, you know, post-FARC environment, uh, you know, fighting the, the ELN and the FARC um, over 50 years. We're, we're doing all we can to, to invest in human capital and, and, and to grow their talent and, and help them in building, again, the capability and capacities that they need uh, for this post-FARC environment. Um, what we've seen is Venezuela basically has, has uh, magnified the need for uh, regional leadership. And the Colombian military is postured to provide that. Um, and so we, we, we have, in all of our lines of effort, supported the country plan uh, supporting Admiral Fowler's uh, vision, and uh, and we have uh, because of the prep professionalism and the capabilities of the South Carolina National Guard, uh, we built that credibility over that six years. So that the the common things themes that we are constantly promoting are uh, things that your military, our military, uh, promotes. Uh, we're a values-based army. Mm -hmm. uh, we're highly lethal, but we are also one of the most compassionate armies in the world. Um, we certainly uh, recognize that our, our people are our most important asset, and we promote jointness in everything that we do. Uh, and that's difficult for some countries to, to adopt and appreciate. Uh, but but Colombia is well on its way to uh, to recognizing the the uh, you know how important jointness is the the second thing that that's kind of a common theme in everything that we do uh, is interoperability mm -hmm. uh, and you know our uh, 
uh, our doctrine is based around jointness and unified land operations. Well, well they just completed a conversion of that doctrine into, uh, into their doctrine called Damasco, uh, and, uh, and, and that promotes the interoperability with the U.S. because it's very, very similar to unified land operations. And so you take you take a, a you know a doctrinal based force okay. uh, that that has strong uh, professional uh, values based military, uh, and you you add in some what we're doing with them with uh, uh, capabilities based planning and the standardization of their formations, the accountability that they're able to hold against their, their, with their commanders, uh, then you end up with a highly respected military that, that, is, uh, that can provide country sovereignty first, it can provide internal security uh, second, so external and internal uh, force, um, and eventually, get to the point where uh, it is exportable mm -hmm. uh, to the point where we hope that uh, that one day uh, they will be side by side with us uh, again uh, on a deployment uh, in the near future. And then you had mentioned for the, the doctrine, and I know too that you've gone down there plenty of times and uh, as well as the Colombian military uh, partners have come up here, but can you talk a little bit about the Together Forward exercise that's currently going on? Because I know that's supposed to be about trading the doctrine for the infantry. Yeah, it's um, extremely proud of, of, of how this has evolved over the last few years. We've been asking for a live fire exercise in Colombia for or a, a major exercise in Colombia, really from the inception of the program. Um, and the federal funding, honestly, just had, hasn't been there to do it. Uh, but, but this year, uh, you know, one of our key lines of effort uh, is, is building readiness. I mean, it's the chief of staff of the Army's number one priority. Mm -hmm. So what better way to build readiness than to train with a, a, uh, a partner nation uh, that is, that is well-versed in, uh, you know, in, in small unit tactics. Uh, and, uh, and so the first of the 118th uh, was tapped out. Uh, Colonel Ken Snow has, has led his troops down into Tolomida, uh, Columbia. Uh, they're doing Operation Together Forward, which, which is a platoon live fire exercise. Uh, and and training side by side with the with the Colombian infantry. Um, hopefully uh, next year a follow-on force will do the same thing, mm -hmm. and then uh, uh, we'll have the same Colombian military uh, that trained with the first of the one eighteenth this year to uh, to attend XCTC with with the first of the one eighteenth uh, next year. And then the following year, uh, when the first of the 118th rotates through the National Training Center, our hopes is to carry a Colombian platoon or or a company minus to the to the National Training Center. That's so that's the yeah, it's awesome. And so that's a, the the readiness uh, line of effort, um, and we're very proud because of uh, of all the work that the team's done in putting this together. 
Uh, it's you know it's not a it's not an easy task to move troops and and uh, and you know weapons and am, ammunition and all the logistical support. Uh, uh, but but our South has done a a, a really good job and and. Uh, uh, I look forward to to uh, continuing that line of effort. Uh, you know, the 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 Colombians were with us in the 50s on the Korean Peninsula, and they lost soldiers uh, side by side with us, and uh, so we don't take that uh, lightly. Uh, and and certainly, um, having fault, um, you know, internal. Uh, Problems with with counter narcoterrorism over the last 50 years. They they know their their uh, their jungle tactics, and mm -hmm. we can learn a lot from them. Mm -hmm. So there's mutual respect. You know, we we uh, we certainly uh, respect their their highly professional military and um, and the strong leadership that they have in country. The the other line of effort that we're really proud about is their transformational efforts. And uh, so we've been working with, back in 2014 or so, they started uh, um, a division of their military, senior level of their military, called the COTEF, which is basically a transformation office. It would be very similar to our ARCIC in our TRADOC, uh, our, our Capabilities Integration uh, uh, Command. Um, and... Uh, I have been going down uh, two or three times a year since 2014 and really working with them on capabilities-based planning, mm -hmm. uh, the standardization piece that I men mentioned, uh, and transformation of their military to, uh, to support humanitarian assistance, disaster relief, working very closely with their national police, uh, as well as... Um, as well as looking at new emerging technologies and new emerging capabilities and some of the gaps and weaknesses that they have in their current force structure allocation. And so you will see, uh, just as we're building things like cyber, uh, you will see them build uh, cyber capability over time. Uh, you will see one thing we're extremely proud of, which took a number of years, is the reserve component uh, in building a, a National Guard-like structure, a reserve component structure, um, to, uh, you know, to hopefully uh, bring them into the, uh, a more cost-effective uh, uh, structure uh, that can sustain over time. So that's the, that's the transformation piece. We just finished uh, a major uh, um, air show, uh, and so our F-16s have uh, are are returning now. If they're not back yet, and uh, uh, kind of a a localized red flag event down there after the air show, uh, force on force, where we took uh, our you know, our fabulous 169th fighter wing and the, the Swamp Foxes mm -hmm. uh, and teamed them with the Colombian uh, uh, Aviation, Colombian Air Force, 
uh, on the blue side, and then we did the same thing uh, up in Rio Negro on the red side, and then they kind of did a joint or a multinational force on force. It was pretty cool. That is awesome. That's it so is very awesome. To hear all yeah. the engagements that we've had with our partner nation like that. Yeah, and there's there's uh, you know there's so many there's so much more there's there's uh, our our work that we've done on the ground maintenance on the logistical side, and working with them with with tiered levels of uh, of sustainment mm -hmm. uh, has 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 uh, endured over the years. We're of course uh, you know Chief Puffinbarger worked with them uh, really hard on. Uh, on talent management and you know the the idea of building a, a, a professional warrant officer um, program uh, we're, we're working with their NCO Academy and and uh, looking really looking forward to to uh, establishing a cadet exchange with the Citadel and uh, where where two or three of their cadets from their military academy uh, come to the Citadel and a couple of the Citadel cadets. Columbia, most people don't know this, Columbia's got one of the largest rotary wing forces, uh, primarily Blackhawk, uh, in all of Central and South America. Um, and so anything that we can do to help them with their operational readiness, anything we can do to help them with, with safety, uh, to introduce new rotary wing capabilities, you know, like our Bambi buckets and our and our uh, our our SC Heart and those kind of things, uh, we're continuing to work with them um, as they stand up a uh, um, uh, entry level rotary wing course down at Tolomida. Mm -hmm. So it's very important. Now, we talked obviously in, in readiness, and a lot of people do think about the F-16s, the you know the, the helicopter rotor wing asset, you know infantry folks on the ground. But over the years that I've I've been around to cover the SPP, a huge part, and I think a lot of people wouldn't realize it, but our engineering group has done mass amounts of work with the folks down there, and I know that's a an area kind of near and dear to your heart. But being able, what is it, you know? When you start getting down to that type of stuff, those those technicals like support career fields, how important that is to share that information with the the Columbia's. Yeah, Columbia's you know Columbia's always interested in in you know in in our doctrine uh, and in uh, the management of our force uh, over time, uh, and uh, and certainly some of those technical skill sets are very important to them. Uh, General Cordosa was the general over the engineer regiment, basically, in Columbia, uh, a good friend of mine. And, uh, uh, you know, we've assisted him on a number of efforts. It's primarily uh, on a, kind of a humanitarian assistance, disaster relief kind of twist. Mm -hmm. uh, and so on a number of occasions where either we've had a, a high-level uh, Northcom exercise here in South Carolina, or we've had a real event here. Uh, uh, we always uh, invite them uh, to kind of shadow us and to learn. Of course, their structure is very different on the civilian side. Um, yet, uh, there's a lot of lessons that, that we all can learn from one another. Uh, once we once you go through some of these national level exercises on on the 
how to apply some of these technical capabilities and the like. The other piece that I'm extremely excited about, brand new line of effort that we've been asking for uh, and talking about for the last, I don't know, probably two years or so, um, is our air defense. Uh, and you talk about a technical field, mm -hmm. uh, that's, as, that's about as technical as it can get. And so in a couple of weeks, uh, we will host some very senior level Colombian uh, officers, uh, general officer level uh, in Anderson, South Carolina. And we'll, we'll, we will talk with them about integrated air missile defense mm -hmm. and how you can use that protective umbrella to, um, uh, to protect your critical assets in, in country. Uh, and certainly, uh, again, because of the Venezuelan crisis, um, how you can you know, ensure your, your air sovereignty. Uh, so if you, if you couple what we have at the battery level all the way through the brigade, the battalion and the brigade level uh, in South Carolina, all the way to the theater level with the 263rd AAMDC, we have, uh, we have both tactical, operational, and, and strategic capabilities right here in South Carolina uh, that, that we want to introduce to the, to the, the Colombian leadership. And then you, you lay on top of that the 169th Fighter Squadron and what they're doing with their sovereignty mission. Mm -hmm. You've got a complete joint picture of how we do integrated air missile defense in this country. Of course, what, what General Bramhall, what General Sheriff have, have done with the 263rd uh, and working with our North, NORTHCOM, working with the other states uh, like Ohio and Florida and uh, I believe it's South Dakota to North Dakota and, and, uh, and Mississippi, if I got it right, with the other air defense structure in Compo 2. And what they're doing in the national capital region, you know, can, can be translated right into, uh, right into Bogota, <laughs> you know. And so we're, we're excited about that. Uh, it's been a, we've been uh, asking for it for a while. Um, um, you know, the, 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 the great thing about security cooperation is you don't know what you don't know. Uh, and you, 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 you open up a line of effort that, that is certainly vetted with the country plan and certainly vetted with the, with the, uh, with, with the Southcom AOR and the, and the plan Admiral Fowler and his staff at Southcom have. Uh, but you plant seeds, and you're planting an F-16 seed. Uh, with the with the air show in in Rio Negro, and 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 yes, expensive, uh, but but again, you don't know what the, their budget, uh, what their country's GDP, and 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 uh, it's going to be five ten years from now, uh, and you're you're just introducing them to a to a military capability that may that may meet a, may meet a need uh, in the future. We'll do the same thing with air defense. Um, They've struggled a little bit with the air defense uh, initiative because it is such a joint mm -hmm. idea, a joint um, a solution set, and uh, and and that's primarily what we're you know we're hoping to get out of this symposium or this this uh, this uh, you know key leader engagement that we've got coming up in the next couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, so very proud of 
of that. Um, uh, very look look really look forward to a, a you know our future joint uh, multinational deployment mm -hmm. uh, one of these days. Um, they are extremely interested in a United Nations peacekeeping operation or a NATO peacekeeping operation. Uh, and so part of their transformation and part of their idea about exportability is, is well, let me back up. First off, there's handling the internal strife and the remnants of FARC and the ELN. Yes, okay, sir. so they got to worry about that. Yes, sir. Then they got to worry about the border and, the, and their country sovereignty and the Venezuelan crisis. They are very much interested, looking a little bit broader, they're very much interested in, in regional leadership. Mm -hmm. And so we're, we're, we're helping them host conferences and, and we're bringing in uh, some of the countries that are, you know, contiguous to the region. And then globally, that exportability, not only into uh, South America and Central America, but also around the world uh, in, a, in a multinational deployment. And if it's not with us, then we will assist them in, in United Nations peacekeeping operations validation, because we have done that before with, with, uh, with RCENT, if you recall, a few years ago. Um, and so we're working with the, with the United Nations and Ambassador, uh, or former Ambassador uh, Haley has helped us with uh, some key contacts at the, at the United Nations. Uh, and then they're, they're working also with the NATO uh, country teams too uh, for their uh, peacekeeping validation as well. Uh, and so there's, there's a whole different set of uh, military manuals basically and, and that validation process and so the, the idea is that is that is that maybe that's a, a way in which we can get our training site command involved mm -hmm. on, on training site management uh, and then also a, a key way for us to get our, our regional training institute our RTI involved mm -hmm. uh, and so we're we're looking uh, very closely at that. The final thing that, you know, kind of what the future holds, uh, you know, I talked about the reserve component, I talked about the air defense, I talked about cyber. Uh, we've got a cyber conference coming up in the next couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, we talked about the cadet exchange and we talked about, you know, a multinational, uh, you know, continuing the live fire and the readiness line of effort uh, in, in an eventual multinational deployment. Uh, but the final thing is we want to, we want this program to evolve where it's not just mill to mill, mm -hmm. but it's, it's, it's civ to mill, uh, it's civilian to civilian, where we can establish a strong relationship, stronger relationship, really a whole of state approach, uh, so that we can, we can, we can create, uh, support economic development in the state uh, and uh, you know and, and just improve our relationships overall I think it's going to bring, bring stability to the region I think it's going to be bring uh, uh, it's going to bring economic development and and uh, and a stronger relationship uh, you know with our with our partner nation 
Yes, sir. And with all these future endeavors and these great efforts that we're doing, if there are soldiers and airmen in the South Carolina National Guard who want to get involved in the program, are there opportunities for that? Or what would they need to do to be able to get involved? Well, we try to open it up as much as possible. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is not a full-time manning program, yes, and certainly not. Uh, we want uh, we want that uh, civilian acquired skill set to come. We want to promote the citizen soldier idea uh, in everything that we do, and and so that M Day soldier uh, obviously uh, is is the key asset um, that. The we can't force a capability on someone. Mm -hmm. uh, they've got to pull us in. They've got to ask for us uh, to come in. Uh, that lets us know they're serious about uh, you know a, a certain capability or or uh, certain certain interest uh, in 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 a weapon system or whatever. Um, and so. A lot of it has to do with, uh, you know, what branch, what what, what MOS, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And it's a lot harder for me to get, uh, you know, some heavy equipment operators down there to to Columbia than it is for me to get uh, some light infantry uh, fighters. Uh, and a lot of it is kind of mid-level management on up, uh, and so. Uh, I would say one of the best ways is to, is to become uh, more uh, uh, words leaving me right now. But uh, the, yeah, the best <laughs> best way is is uh, is to understand the the culture, mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and and certainly we are always looking for Spanish speakers, mm -hmm. uh, and that can help us uh, with the you know the the language barrier. Um, uh, and I and I think that if they if our traditional soldiers were to invest some time mm -hmm. on their own, uh, we could certainly find a, a, a place for them in the program. Wonderful. Yeah. Perfect. Well, um, we mass amounts of information. Mass amounts of information. A lot of stuff I had even. I had no idea about. No that. clue. That's wonderful. No clue. No. So very informative. Um, yeah. We're glad you took time out of your day to stop by and talk with us. As always, you're more than welcome to come back here anytime you want to to talk more about SPP or anything else that you want to discuss. We're yeah, well, we appreciate what what our public affairs office is doing, and and certainly these podcasts are are, uh, are vital in getting the word out because, uh, you know, you y'all are very y'all sit very close to uh, my office in the building and and so if you hadn't heard it our other nine thousand soldiers maybe maybe hadn't heard it either so uh i'm i'm, I'm glad you afforded us the opportunity to yes sir to be here thank yes, you sir. so much thank sir. You. thanks well that was outstanding we really appreciate um general Owens being able yes to come by. that was wonderful a lot of really good information about the state partnership program I didn't even know. I had no idea some of the stuff, the different engagements that we've been doing, the, the history of the program. I had no idea. I, the thing is, is when you hear a state partnership program, it sounds like something where eh, we, we get together for annual training or mm -hmm. something, hang out and and do a little bit of stuff but like this is it's massive it's huge and we're we're sharing ideas with each other it goes both ways it's that's wonderful um, he mentioned the uh the jungle tactics and mm -hmm. stuff you don't even think about that no kind of stuff who would have thought hey this is something we we need to mm -hmm. learn but we we found ourselves in that environment right. in our history before and yeah 
these folks live in it. Right. So we have a resource, yeah. a direct resource. So, I mean, that's wonderful. And I, I really look forward to, uh, like, seeing more from that program in our state. Yeah. And, and it, it, obviously there's, there's, this, you know, there's this plan. Mm-hmm. Who knew there was a plan? Right. A way Who ahead. There's a way ahead. There's a massive way ahead. Right. And uh, it's interesting to see, you, you know, you don't think about it. I guess maybe living in the United States, mm-hmm. we've had our established military for so many years. Right. So many years. Um, we might have had some changes here and there with the whole Marines, Navy split, Air, Army, and all that kind of stuff. Going, mm-hmm. You know, whatever. Um, but we're part of a nation building its very, and they don't, they didn't have a reserve component. No, no, no. They're just now looking at that as a peacetime force, right. as having a reserve component. That's. Which makes me think, it gives me the realization guess what? Probably most countries don't have. Right. It's so much that you don't think about whenever you're just here. Like, you don't think about what's going on around the rest of the world. And so that's a great resource for, with the State Partnership Program is it gives you an opportunity to be educated on another country. Right. I mean, and the, the stuff that we're working on, the, the air show, the Together Forge right. stuff, um, the fact that they were able to get our 169 Fighter Wing folks together, uh-huh. do this whole little, like, uh, I mean, I know when he was talking about it, it probably wasn't fair, but I was com- totally picturing some Top Gun scenario. Oh, I know. Whenever he was saying, like, they were working hand-in-hand hand like that. Like, so did they invert? <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Uh, may- maybe not. Probably didn't. But, probably no. You know, you have dreams and hope. Right, and right. But that's cool. It's wonderful. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And then the fact that the M-Day soldiers have the opportunity to get involved in mm-hmm. this. Right. You know, a little work on your part. Right. Nothing comes for free. No. Um, but... But it looks like there may be opportunities in the future. Right. If you, mm-hmm. if you do, you know, just do a little, little work on it mm-hmm. and do it. And then, you know, it's it's another thing that I thought was interesting when he, he talked about the future operations, I guess, of this program and from the Colombian Army standpoint. You know, here's a, here's a nation who wants to be able to deploy right. worldwide mm-hmm. that don't have that capability currently. Right. Um, that's impressive. Mm-hmm. I mean that's that's a that's a conscious decision that says, hey, we want to get involved right. on a global level, mm-hmm. and it's our soldiers, it's us. Mm-hmm. We're the ones helping, like teach them. Just take a moment, mm-hmm. let that sink in, breathe that in, and let right. that sink in. That you, as South Carolina National Guard soldiers and airmen, are teaching them, are teaching a country how to be able to have a deployable worldwide. Yeah. You're welcome. Right. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. That's outstanding. That's phenomenal stuff. Like, that's the type of stuff you get excited about. Right. That just showcases the South Carolina National Guard is a relevant force. Yeah. And, and we're a professional force. Mm-hmm. And, and most importantly, and this is always a key thing for me, might, this might not be a, a, the generals on the general's uh, uh, radar as far as things go, but for me, that tells me how proficient, technically skilled, and how good y'all are at your job. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. Because we wouldn't want to put you in that situation otherwise. Right. I mean, you, you have to be, uh, once again, take it in. You have to be so good at your job mm-hmm. that you can teach a whole other nation. Right. How to do that. How to do that. Mm-hmm. You guys are the subject matter experts. Yeah. Score one us. Right. Um, not that we're Italian. Right. Because that wouldn't be right. No. Uh, one us. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, and, and um, we were able to speak with General Owens uh, as he was headed out of the studio today. And uh, 
it looks like we might be able to get him back on. And that would be wonderful. I mean, you know, he sees so much at his level that, again, he made a great point is that sometimes we don't hear about things. And, you know, I sit 10 feet away from him, yeah. you know, on a full-time basis. And a lot of times I don't hear about things. So we know that you all probably don't hear about it as well. So it's a great opportunity for leadership to get out those important parts and those important messages out to the field. Yeah, and super cool thing about General Owens, and I've always appreciated I've obviously met and know most of our, our general officers, and all of them have their own thing. But if you want to get into the tech stuff, mm-hmm. if you really want to know the nuts and bolts on a subject, right. if he knows about it, He's yeah, there. Mm-hmm. He knows that part. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. And, and the retention, like his memory retention is yeah. insane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he's probably forgot more than what I know. Well, uh, but more than I will ever know. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, good resource. I'm glad yes. he, he, he liked being here. And definitely Hopefully he'll be back soon. He'll be back soon. So, I'm Specialist David Erskine. And I'm Captain Jessica Donnelly. And we'll catch you in the next episode.